Hey, welcome to Slasher Sports Cinema, a division of Slasher Sports, and thank you for tuning in. Before we get started, I want to ask you to hit that subscribe or follow button and turn those notifications on so you don't miss what we're doing. As always on Slasher Sports Cinema, we're taking a look at some films I plan on watching this weekend, and maybe it'll get you out of the house and into a movie theater to do the same. We'll see. So, without any further ado... Welcome to Slasher Sports Cinema. They say that I have shed innocent blood. What's blood for, if not for shedding? I'm your number one fan. We all go a little mad sometimes. Oh, it knows I'm here. You're listening to the Slasher Sports Show with Billy Graves. Yes, indeed. What is blood for if not for shedding that crazy son of a bitch? Listen, I want to thank you once again for joining me in uh, Slasher Sports Cinema. My name is Billy Graves, and I hope to give you a leg up heading into the weekend. Some of the potentially best horror films near you. Some are going to be in theaters, some on demand, maybe streaming. I'll also talk about some films I already saw, maybe last week. You know? Maybe something you've missed, so you can go back and get caught up. And I hope you took a few minutes to listen and watch my interview uh, with my good friend Brandon Bassam, screenwriter and director from the upcoming Bring on the Dam. Bring on the Dam. It's an anthology flick. I like anthologies. Thinking about, you know, maybe Cat's Eye and... Uh, Langoliers. Yeah, I, I really do think uh, the 10, I talked about the 10, a comedy, not a horror whatsoever, unless you consider the life of Jesus Christ a horror, and it's debatable. But yeah, on this episode, uh, I wanted to do something a little less scripted, you know, just to shoot from the hip on what I know and what I've learned about the main players in these horror films we're featuring. Uh, but before I do that, like I was saying, I mean, you know, Brandon Bassam, I was talking to him uh, about his film. He gave me some good information about uh, what maybe some folks should do if they wanted to make a film themselves. Look at that cup. Look at old Poe. We talked about that pile of shit, Raven's Hollow, last episode. I'm not going to down it too much more. But uh, let's talk about some films that I already saw this weekend. And I want to kick it off with the film Pearl. Okay, the, the prequel to X. I know a lot of people have already seen this. That's why it's you know, in the early stages of the film of this uh, this podcast, this video. Pearl is something. And first and foremost, I'm just going to put it out in the universe. Mia Goth can do anything she wants to do. She can do absolutely anything she wants to do. Of course, Pearl is the second installment, but a prequel to Ty West trilogy of films that started with X, also starring Mia Goth. 
Uh, the thing about Ty West that I like so much is, uh, you know, he, he heavily favors shooting on film versus digitally. And th- that kind of gives things a, a nostalgic feel, you know, some, some antiquitous type thing. And I think it's something that younger viewers who don't really do their homework might not understand. You know, old folks like me. Remember when we used to go to the drive-in theater, those little imperfections in in the film, it never phased us. You see a little bubble, a little crackle. In fact, a lot of times over the years as the visuals became more and more perfected and studios tried to wow us with effects, and many times they did, it just kind of takes me back to that time. Because the films kind of missed the mark when they started getting cleaned up. You know, but w- when I see the, the two films in this soon-to-be trilogy, I'm talking about X and Pearl, it takes me back. And, it, well, first, if you need more Ty West than just Pearl or X, you can try House of the Devil. I want to get that out there while, while it's fresh in mind. House of the Devil is probably his most popular work outside of any, I guess, recency bias situations. Um, But I was blown away by Mia Goth and Pearl. If we can get back to Pearl, she put on such a strong performance. She really drives that film. And the thing, it it was set back in the 19 teens uh, during this, the Spanish flu pandemic. So there are going to be a few mentions of things you might've heard in the past couple of years. And it's interesting to see, you know, talk about wearing your mask and get out of the room because you might make us sick. They don't dwell on it. It's not some forced political statement. They don't have anything like that in this film, but still set in the teens on that same farm. You might remember from X Pearl's husband's away at the first world war and Pearl's living with her parents. She's got a, a mom who's really cold and really strict. Her name's Ruth. She's a German immigrant from Germany. Uh, and she's got an invalid father just bound to a wheelchair. He's a, basically a vegetable other than the slobbering. I'm not sure if they ever said his name. But coming from a small community, a, a farm community more specifically, me, I started to feel where Pearl's coming from. Uh, she feels like she's destined to be a star. I never had that feeling, but she holds in high esteem. The ladies that she sees in the, the dancing pictures, uh, she seeks, she sneaks off to watch those films when she, you know, she's able to ride into town on her little bicycle to fetch her dad's medicine. Um, but I'll be damned if I didn't catch a lot of wizard of Oz vibes watching Pearl ride that little bicycle. Like Mrs. Gulch. If you don't know who Mrs. Gulch is, she's the Wicked Witch in the black and white portion of The Wizard of Oz. The Wizard of Oz is one of my all-time favorite films and maybe my favorite outside of uh, the horror genre. And hell, it might be a horror if you really think about it. You take the components of a horror film and we might be able to consider The Wizard of Oz a horror film. Um. But yeah, I think there's an air of that film, at least pre-Cyclone in Kansas. Of course, the focus of this episode is not Pearl, 
so there won't be any spoilers, but I do highly suggest the film. You don't have to have watched X already, but I do suggest both. And I was talking about the the mother immigrant. Uh, she's played by Tandy Wright. Plays Ruth, Pearl's mother. And unless I've been lied to, uh, Tandy learned German really quickly for this role. Um, I've always, always found it really interesting when you have actors who speak multiple languages, not two, not just two, but multiple. It's one thing to be bilingual, which I am. Um, I actually have a pretty strong third language as well, but I've always been really intrigued by that. Uh, Sure. Native speakers are going to notice the accent in Ruth. I'm not a German speaker, even close. Um, I've, I like hamburgers and hot dogs. You know, Frankfurters probably didn't realize that hamburgers and hot dogs came from Germany, right? Just think about it. Hamburg, Germany. Frankfurt, Germany. All right. Did I blow your mind? Does that blow your mind? Probably not. But, yeah, she she learned some... Some German confused some of the German natives who worked on set. So, brava to you, Tandy Wright. Mia Goth actually co-wrote the film. And she did it with uh, Ty West while they were on a pandemic lockdown. Um, and, and most of it was actually secretly and simultaneously shot along with X. So, I mean, hell, I, I could use that man to organize my entire life if he can organize two films at the same time all at once i mean surely he can save me from my irresponsible spending Mm. but yeah i don't do it often but i'm actually wanting to give pearl a full flat five let me try that one more time i'm gonna act like that Mm. hang on Yeah, got that Swiss miss. I'm, I don't miss when I got that Swiss miss. Okay, I'm going to give Pearl a full five slashes. I don't like to do that very often. But it was such a damn good film. Dialogue, scenery, the Technicolor, loved it. So yeah, five slashes on that one. Now, like anything else, we've got to a dichotomy with our reviews here. Okay. And that leads me into Raven's hollow. Poe me a cup. Raven's hollow. Poe me a cup. Raven's hollow is an origin story, but, uh, it's, it's a fictional origin story. Okay. Of, um, Edgar Allan Poe. It started during his time as an army cadet. Now we did a, a preview of this one last week and I went ahead and watched it because I was, you know, pretty, pretty interested in what was going to happen on this. See what direction they went. But right off the bat, you know, Poe and his company, they find a dead body hoisted up like a sacrifice, assuming it's a sacrifice. Poe gets close and the man whispers the word Raven to him in one of his dying breaths. Well, what could it mean? What could it mean? 
Well, Poe's a good cadet. He's not leaving the man behind. He's going to give him a proper burial. So they take the man to the nearest town, and I will be goddamned if it isn't named Raven's Hollow. Mm. We can't assume there's anything nefarious going on, but it looks mighty shady. They may could have been telling, you know, Ed where he was from, right? Could have been saying, hey, Raven, that's where I'm from. Take me back. But it seems like the people in town don't want him there either. At least they act like they don't. You know, so an investigation ensues. Ed and company are staying in town at a hotel run by a mother and daughter, the daughter, the daughter being Charlotte. And you can just tell there's something about Charlotte. The whole regiment, including drier than a sandworm's asshole Ed Poe, is infatuated with Charlotte. But nobody's going to Pound Town that night. Mm-mm. One of the other cadets gets his enchilada ate by some winged creature. A foul fowl, if you will. See, this is the kind of gold you get when I don't prepare notes. Just shooting from the hip, daddy. Shooting from the hip. But nobody knows about this winged creature except you and me as viewers. So that means there are now two murders to investigate. And they're blaming both of them on the stable worker. Because of course you are. Classism at its finest. The man's name is Usher. And Usher tells him they gotta go. But does anybody listen? No. Does anybody believe him? No. But when another cadet gets yeeted off his horse, old Ed Poe believes him. Pull me a cup. Mm. You ever had really good hot chocolate and you just don't want to drink it because it'll be gone after you finish drinking it? That's what Swiss Miss is. Got them little mini marshmallows too. Can't fuck with it. You can't fuck with it. But, you know, I really couldn't couldn't tell what the director was going for in Raven's Hollow. I mean, is it a creature feature or is it a smart, elevated horror? I hate that word elevated. I feel like I feel like sometimes horror fans use that word elevated as a. uh as a sign of elitism. So, oh, you watch those slasher films? Gosh, I only like elevated horror. Yeah, you're watching Exorcist 3, man. Come on. You're watching The Changeling. I did not do two George C. Scott films there on purpose. Accident. But yeah, they'll point to films like Hereditary. And they'll be like, well, it's elevated. You just didn't get it. Mm. Mm. Come on, man. Give me a break on that. But uh, environmentally, Raven's Hollow is its bleak, dark, damp, foggy. It's everything you'd expect from a Poe flick. But to me, it just misses. And I think it misses on dialogue. I mean, I, I get it. You make a Poe film, you want to sneak some Poe works into the script. It just came off force to me. Just came off a little forced. The monster scenes are fun, though. Could have used a few more flying feathers. 
like Randy Johnson hitting him with that fastball. Nothing doing. That's a deep cut. So if you don't remember Randy Johnson blowing up a pigeon, you're going to have to Google that one. Uh, the film ties things up real nice at the end. And it, it all goes back to the, the man the cadets found at the beginning. Because, you know, may, maybe the townspeople have been playing dumb this whole time. Maybe they all knew all along about that winged spawn of Satan. The, you know, the giant buzzard's going to cock block Poe, too. And by the conclusion, Poe has his motivation to scribble down that dark piece of gothic drivel that those intellectuals love so much, the raven. So, God damn, it's good. This one's get uh, two out of five slashes for me. I'll Neville, uh, Neville, Aaron Neville. Don't know much, but I know I love you. You didn't know I could do that, did you? I will never tell anyone not to waste their time or money seeing a film. It's all subjective. Take what I give you. Form your own opinions. I, I hope I haven't spoiled too much. Yeah, let's talk about some upcoming films, though. This weekend, uh, starting 9.30, Friday 9.30. We're heading into spooky season now. Well, actually, September is spooky season. I like to call it spooky September. But heading into October, you know, people like to gear up on their horror films. And I, I think... Uh, We've got a good lineup, a, a lineup of variety this weekend. I want to start out with one that might not be so obvious. Okay, it's an Aussie film uh, about teen best friends, Cecilia and Emma. Um, after about a decade, they run into each other. Uh, Cecilia is invited uh, on Emma's bachelorette weekend where she gets stuck in this remote cabin with her high school bully with a taste for revenge. Okay, revenge films. I like revenge films. What about y'all? Like revenge films? Better, because this is one. We may as well just take a look at this one, though. Yeah, if I'm... This is directed by Hannah Pollock. Celebrate sincerely, Cecilia, reaching 200,000 followers. Got us a a social influencer. I feel influenced. Got that OnlyFans going. I'd subscribe. Oh, I hate seeing people I know at the grocery store. Thinking about you the other day. And oh, she looks you nuts. Yeah, let's let's hang out this weekend. I haven't seen you in fifteen years. How how long did I say? 10, 15 years? Haven't seen you in fifteen years. It's probably a reason. Oh, she looked pissed. She's gotta be the, the bully. I think that is Emily de Margariti. Margariti. So I know that's Aisha D. 
form a circle around ourselves, we are reminded that we carry with us an invisible boundary. No one understands. Yeah, that sounds a lot, a lot like those fake influencers that ever have to leave it. don't have a credential amongst them. Cecilia is not as sincere as you think she is. Oh, putting her on blast. I am loved. I am special. I am enough. Did they bear? Oh, she had some blacked out eyes. I don't know if I would have put that in the trailer. I am doing my best. Yeah, namaste. Namaste, bitch. Hmm. You know, first thought, um, if I'm the editor of this trailer, I'm not putting that shot of the, the standoffish girl with the, the black blackened eyes. I'm, I'm not putting that in the trailer. I think that gives a, a little bit too much away. I mean, only a minor thing, but by now, after you know hearing me complain about them, you know, for the hundredth time about Mecha Godzilla showing up in the Godzilla versus Kong trailer, I'm not going to do that here. Okay, I'm not going to complain too much, but I wouldn't have put that in there. But uh, Hannah Barlow directed this one. She actually has a, a role in the film as well. She co-directed it actually with uh, Kane Sinis. Uh, they actually co-wrote and co-directed this film as well as another film called For Now. For Now was pretty decent. Uh, not a horror film at all. So we're not going to get too far into that. Uh, they're a you know, good looking couple from down under. That's why they you know, write together and direct together. It's a couple's, couple's thing for them. Very cool. Um, do we have any Aussie listeners? Is there anybody who's been to Australia? I went once when I was in the Navy. We went to Fremantle, which I believe is in Western Australia. I don't know my Aussie geography. I had a great time there, though. I do know it's very close to Perth, which is the bigger city in the area. Um, when I was there, I actually missed ACDC by a day. They were on the... Not the Stiff Upper Lip Tour, the one that was after Stiff Upper Lip. Whatever came out around 99. Actually, it might have been Stiff Upper Lip. Either way, they were having a concert in Perth, and I missed it by a day. That is some bullshit. Hey, do you know how badass it would have been for me to see ACDC in Australia, their home country? My favorite band in the world, and... What the fuck, man? Thank you, Uncle Sam, for fucking that up. But uh, that's not really the the biggest story that came out of Australia for me. Um, I actually met a little lady, as you do when you're a U.S. sailor. And uh, I don't remember her name, but she was not Australian. She was actually Swedish. And this may be why I like Swedish fish now, but... She and I met in town, and she actually invited me back to her farm. Yeah, it's kind of gal I go after, you know. Her farm. Well, her family wasn't there, and she said she needed to feed the animals. So I said, hey, let's feed the animals. I'm, I'm from Tennessee, okay? It's nothing for me to, you know, get my hands dirty 
to help somebody, right? I said, well, shit, if this is going to impress her, then why don't I just go ahead and help out, right? I can say I've done some farming in Australia. So it did. We go to the barn, and we are to pick up these very large sacks of, of, of feed and put them on a trailer, okay? Now, if, if I could explain the size of these things, I, I, I couldn't tell you comparing to any other item. All I know is they were about like knee height, pretty, pretty fat. I don't know how much they weighed, but I put my, my hand on the neck of one of them to hoist it up. I pulled and it didn't come up. And I said, God damn, I'm about to look like a little bitch in front of this gal. So I grabbed again, but then I grabbed the bottom of it with the other hand and I struggled to get it up and I threw it on the, the back of the trailer. Before I know it, this motherfucker done grabbed this thing, hoisted it over his shoulder, walked it over to the trailer and and off she went like one handed. I said, God, what a woman. What a woman. They're built different in Australia. They are built different. What a time that was. But we were talking about this film, Sissy. All right. Y'all got me off track. Um, Aisha D is in this one. Horror fans are going to know her from that anthology series, Channel One. That don't sound right. Channel One. Now, Channel One was what we used to watch at school, that news channel where Lisa Ling got her start. Channel Zero. Channel Zero is the anthology series, but Aisha D is a whole lot of things going for her besides that. All right. First of all, she's got a face that's going to open doors. Hammer. Okay. But she's also a musician. Got her own band, Dee Dee and the Beagles, I think. I know they're the Beagles, but not sure about the Dee Dee part. But yeah, that, that gal with the black eyes on the trailer, that's Emily De Margariti. Italian gal. Um, Margariti. Remember that from Inglorious Bastards? Margariti. I ought to cut that shit out. But yeah, Margariti went to Western Australian Academy of Performing Arts, which is in Perth. Okay. So, hey, that's where our small world comes from, right? But like the synopsis said, childhood, best friends, meet up in a grocery store. How big a nightmare is that, first of all? Like, don't we all consider that the most horrific of circumstances? Uh, running into the old classmate at the Piggly Wiggly. Uh, they, they see your grocery cart without a single vegetable in it. But like three different kinds of ice cream. Well, I was sold on this one before I even knew it was about a social media influencer. And uh, that was opening seconds. But what I like about it is it, it takes a satirical look, an examination, if you will, of all those so-called mental health experts without a shred of credentials or experience other than the, the, the memes they write or their little video clips of slow methodical speech to let you know 
they're sincere. Just saw one from a gal on Twitter. She said something like procrastination isn't a sign of laziness. It's a sign of trauma. So without meeting a single one of us, she's now diagnosed us with PTSD and wants to prescribe us each a pack of M&Ms because that's the highest level of medication her license is going to allow. I don't buy it. It's one thing we do. We self-diagnose mental health and then or mental depression. Just look around. There's so much self-diagnosis without professional help. Coming from a guy who's who grew up with a manic depressive father, uh, that just grinds my fucking gears. But that's not what this show is about. <sighs> Center yourself, Billy. In one scene, though, it looks like that mean girl uh, exposes her. She grabbed her phone. We looked at that, right? Exposer grabs her phone, goes live with it or whatever, at least tries to expose her by commandeering the phone and going live, as the kids say. Um, I guess everyone says going live. I don't know. But tell me how you feel about this one, guys. On Twitter, at HitCityKid, or in the comments if you're watching on YouTube. And this one actually was available today on the 29th, and it's on Shudder. So guess what I'm going to do when we finish this thing? I'm going to go watch it on Shudder. But I bet you can probably guess what is the most hyped horror film in theaters this weekend on opening weekend. That's right. Smile. I really want to see this one. And I think I'm going to. Um, I don't usually like theaters, but I'm going to see this one in theaters. So if you've been following upcoming projects for any amount of time, you might remember uh, this film called There's Something Wrong with Rose. Okay, which you may have thought was a Golden Girls spinoff that got scrapped on Betty White Past, but no, this is not related to the Golden Girls. However, Smile is the most anticipated horror at the time. So, I think we need to give it a look. Oh, there we go. Yeah, this one... Um, this one looks really strong and oh, upside down. I don't like, I'm already anxious. You know who that is? That's Sosie Bacon. Oh. oh, did you see that? That was a creepy smile. Oh yeah, this is a... Uh, yeah, one of those things that follow you. you. see something and it follows you around and you you die or somebody's going to die around you. That's why he he's not having it. But not a friendly smile. Yeah, those aren't friendly. The worst smile I've ever seen. <laughs> you know, now that I now that I think about it, the people doing the film here have been basically sent. Oh. Whoa. I didn't like that. I did, but I didn't. Well, for after witnessing a bizarre traumatic incident 
involving a patient, Dr. Rose Cotter, that's played by Sosie Bacon, starts experiencing frightening occurrences that she can't explain. As an overwhelming terror begins to take over her life, Rose must confront her troubling past in order to survive and escape her horrifying new reality. <sighs> Parker Finn directed this one. And the wild thing about Finn, he only started making movies like a few years ago. And that's at any, like at any point. And he was only doing short films. This is his first feature length film. And it's an absolute monster. Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to make a point to follow his career going forward. If this is your debut, if this is your lead off hit, and this is as big a home run as it looks like it's going to be, mm, he's going to be strong. But like I said, this one stars Sosie Bacon, Kyle Gallner, Cal Penn, Cal Penn from uh, uh, Harold and Kumar fame. Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Sounds like a sounds like a plan right now because it is late and I'm starving. But you know, this one was going to originally come out on some streaming service. I think it was Paramount. Might have been Prime. No, it was Paramount. But the the film got screened, you know, like it like it does in front of a test screening audience, and it. Got it was it just blew itself out of the water. Blew itself out of the water. What the fuck am I saying? It got a really good response, is what I'm trying to say. So Paramount said, "No, we're not gonna do this on Paramount Plus. We're going to theaters, and we're gonna make that bank. We're making that money." I guess because he's such a a young director. Again, his first feature length. That they just didn't have much, I, I guess, much behind them. But to promote this film, this is one of the most genius things I've ever seen in my life. And I'm only 40. But the most genius thing I've ever seen to promote a film. Ahead of its release, the producers started putting random people in different public settings um, to, to just sit there and smile. To just sit there and smile. That unsettling little grin. They put somebody behind home plate at several baseball games. Several. And they put somebody on Good Good Morning America. Now, like I said, Sosie Bacon's, and I'll, I'll get this out of the way up front because nobody should have to stand in the shadows of their more successful parents. But Sosie Bacon's the daughter of, you guessed it, Sir Francis Bacon. Okay, not really. Kevin Bacon and Kira Sedgwick. You know, they, they said they never wanted Sosie to be an actor. Um, but then again, uh, you know, Kevin, Kevin Castor himself in a film called Lover Boy. So you kind of wonder if they say that stuff to avoid those nepotism talks. I don't know, but still that's the narrative. And here Sosie is starring in again, likely the highest anticipated film of the weekend, at least in the horror genre. And maybe I'm being biased because it is my most anticipated film. 
So this is going to be Sosie's first feature-length horror credit, and it's a banger to start with. Uh, she did the Scream TV series on the small screen for like two seasons, uh, So that's a, which altogether is the equivalent of many feature-length films, but it doesn't count. You hear me? You know, Sosie's got her mom's face. Thank goodness. But this one's going to be in theaters September 30th. If you're listening uh, on opening day, that, that is today. I love it. I'm going to I'm going to see it ASAP. The Devil's Workshop is the next one up and it's about a struggling actor played by Timothy Granaderos. Do you girls know believe him in from paranormal activity? What is it? Uh, 13 Reasons Why. I never saw that one. No, I don't. Well, I do because I'm going to be playing. That's Emil Hirsch. Clayton, hey! Oh, there's Granaderos. Okay. I like Emil Hirsch. What was he in? Uh, Into the Wild? He's all right. He's a girl next door. I need this role. Uh, speed racer. I saw your ad on the internet. I don't think I've ever seen him in a horror film that I can think of right now. He might have some credits, TV shows or something. There can be no lies. Or the ritual will have very little chance. Rada Mitchell. Yeah, now we're talking. We talked about Rada Mitchell in the last episode. Pitch Black, Man on Fire, Rogue. An exorcism. Uh, human blood. Shall we get Exorcism. Okay. Demons come in many forms. Uh oh. Okay, so Rada Mitchell's not playing around in this one. She is there to suck the life out of you. And not in the best way. Look at that. Yeah, sign me up. Sign me up for this one. Oh, you heard that? Did you hear that? Okay, yeah, she, she is ruthless. Oh man, Devil's Workshop. Yeah, I, sign me up for this one, guys. Um,. Yeah, so obviously the guy is desperate for a role in a in a movie. Synopsis says he contacts Eliza, who's played by Rada Mitchell, but it sounded like from the trailer she contacted him. And she is an expert in devil lore. And to prepare him, he spends the weekend at her home. Man, I feel like I would come away very prepared anything I needed to be prepared for if I was in Rada Mitchell's home for an entire weekend. You know what I'm saying? Well, she she forces him to confront his troubled past. we got a lot of troubled past stuff going on here. They're going to perform dark rituals, sacrifice a, sacrifice a goat. Okay. Well, does she want to help Clayton seduce him, destroy him? I don't know. But it says the shocking climax will set your soul ablaze. I like how they use that word, climax. That's filthy. Get your heads out of the gutter. Chris Hoffman directed this one. 
know, he he made a career since the early 2000s making short films and a lot of them. He he also made Monster Party. That was a fun film. Monster Party was fun. And that kind of falls under the horror umbrella. Had a like a trio of folks. I think it was two guys and a gal. Maybe I don't think it was two ga- two two gals and a guy. But they put together this little Ocean's Eleven scheme to break into a party. They pose a staff. And once they got in there though. That's when the shit hit the fan. Yeah, Devil's Workshop looks a little different. So who did I see here? Uh, Emil Hirsch, Rada Mitchell, uh, Timothy Granaderos. I didn't see anybody else in the trailer. But yeah, Granaderos is uh, from 13 Reasons Why. Um, it, but he was in a film I'm, I'm not going to deep dive today, but maybe soon, called Who Invited Them. I just saw it probably a couple weeks ago. No, it was probably longer than that. Uh, it's about a couple who uh, they throw a party, a housewarming party more specifically, and that's important here because with housewarming parties, you probably you know invite your friends, but maybe you know there's a scenario where you could you know see your new neighbor show up. You might introduce themselves, or you invite them in because they seem harmless, but as the night wears on, it's pretty clear there's more. And what lies beneath might be a darker motive, you know. To me, that one was like Funny Games. That Michael Haneke film from, well, there were two of them. From 97 and then 2007. uh, Where a couple of dudes uh, basically invade the home of this family and basically show no reason for doing so other than to have fun with them. Uh, Haneke remade that film in 07, like I said, which is 10 years. 10 years between films seems a little bit short. I don't know what he could have po- probably to get with the American audience. That's more than likely what it is. But he ma- remade that film in 07. It was a shot for shot remake. I mean, you just cast a bunch of other actors shoot everything exactly the same, including camera angles, as he did in 97, except in English. The first was in German. Like No twists, no changes, same exact film, just different cast and language. Regardless, though, both films are excellent if you like the home invasion genre. And I do. I like. I love the home invasion. But Granaderos plays one of the neighbors who stops by the party in... Uh, and who invited them. But yeah, you had me at Rada Mitchell on this one. Uh, but then you lost me again at Sacrificing a Goat. Okay, I'm still here for Sacrificing Goats. I don't care. Uh, the devil made me do it. It's one of my favorite get-out-of-jail-free cards. Because nobody blames you once you blame the devil, right? But we saw the trailer. It looks to me like Emil Hirsch's character and Granaderos both tried out for a part. Maybe Hirsch got the role, gave the fake, oh, I'm sorry, you, I'm sorry I got it, but I hope you get the next one talk, and then Granaderos is getting the follow-up call later on. So what happened to Hirsch? Surely he didn't get Drew Barrymore out of the, the movie, you know, use the name actor for star power, and then kill him off early, bring in the budget guy. Well, that remains to be seen. Well, no, we saw Emil Hirsch later on in the trailer, right? Going over lines and 
Like Granaderos is yelling about how he's not scared. Interesting. Yeah, this one this one bears watching, but God, would you look at Rada Mitchell looking only as she can look. I have a hard time thinking. If I'm in this guy's place and there's a lady having me sacrifice goats, forming seances, resurrecting spirits, sticking ink pens in my ass and writing on the wall with it in cursive. That was in the trailer. You you missed it. I don't know if I'm getting talked into all that, but then again, it might be one of those you know, Justin Verlander, Kate Upton things where you know, he was taking news with her in front of the mirror. Y'all remember that? God, it was terrible. Because if Kate Upton tells you we're taking mirror nudes, then by God, we're taking mirror nudes. If Rada Mitchell tells you we're killing a goat and summoning demons, by God, where's the goat and which demon? Am I wrong? I don't think I am. But this one's available September 30th on demand. Shouldn't be hard to find. Looked really good, though. And I'm not really into... I don't. I couldn't tell if it was paranormal, supernatural. Well, look, it might have been because she was going through some kind of transformation. But finally, uh, my my fourth film that I want to get into is uh, called My Best Friend's Exorcism. And uh, yeah, the year's 88. High school sophomores Abby and Gretchen have been best friends since fourth grade. Yeah, this like one. This We're always going to be friends. Totally 80s. Ah, the girl from. It's going to be hot this weekend. Should Texas we do Chainsaw, the new one. Elsie Fisher's her name. No, not Elsie. Yeah, Elsie Fisher. Oh, God, not another sing along. And it was Tiffany or Debbie Gibson? Which one is it? It's over there. This weird little building where that girl was sacrificing a satanic ritual. Let's go in. Come on, Abs. One more adventure? Abs. Do I know any Abbies that I can call Abs? You saw that eyeball. Abby? Okay. Yeah, now we're talking. Jesus. Where were you? Where were you? Okay, that's Gretchen. Abby's the... Did you get the sick physically? She got a little grotesque and gnarly. Oh, he looks cool. But then she got better, right? She looks copacetic, but up here, you can cuckoo for Cocoa Pops. I guess that's they one got the way same to put wig it. on, Dollars I guess. Dollars and donuts, it's demonic possession. She needs an exorcism. Everybody gets an exorcism. What was that? Couldn't they just use Hot damn, we got ourselves a demon! Good lord. Think we're alone now. Oh my god! This is a cost! <laughs> I like that. Yeah, so let's go back to this. High school sophomores Abby and Gretchen have been best friends since fourth grade. After an evening of skinny dipping goes disastrously wrong. How can it go wrong? Come on. Gretchen begins to act different. She's moody, irritable, and bizarre incidents keep happening whenever she's nearby. This is like a, a Jennifer's body kind of a situation. 
Abby's investigation turns her to some startling discoveries, and by the time their story reaches its terrifying conclusion, the fate of Abby and Gretchen will be determined by a single question. Is their friendship powerful enough to beat the devil? God damn, I'm with it. I am with that one. Why couldn't they just use the original cut from Tiffany for Debbie Gibson? Whichever one sings, I think we're alone now. If you're going to do an 80s film, why not do the uh, the original track? Or it's not even the original track, but, you know, the, the 80s track from whichever red-haired girl sang it. I should know this, I, but I don't. I'm sorry. Probably going to get yelled at now. But uh, da- Damon Thomas directed this one. Uh, my best friend's exorcism. Everybody's getting an exorcism now. I mean, first you were just exercising a, you know, a demon in the exorcist. And then everybody started getting them. Emily Rose got one. Uh, finally, the God, just God, the exorcism of God came out. I thought we were done after that one. Like after you've exercised everybody else, you exercise God. But no, now we're going to go with the, the knockoff films. My best friend's exorcism. Next is exorcism at a wedding, the sequel. But yeah, Damon Thomas did this one. He's a guy who just get who's getting into the feature film world. He's been doing TV for a long time since at least 2005, if not longer. Uh, he's done a lot of TV episodes. Maybe not like having his own show where he directs but he directs episodes from established shows. I'm thinking about Penny Dreadful, uh, that new Dracula, uh, Killing Eve, Sandra O. Oh. Hammer. Sandra O's oh a hammer. I don't care what you say. Uh, so he's been involved with some of the, you know, the best projects. Uh, this movie, the best way to describe it, Heather's with an exorcism. Yeah. Elsie Fisher, though. Let's go back to her for a second. You're going to remember her from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which uh, released on Netflix, I think this year. Might have been last year. Early this year, I think. Which I thought was fine, but somehow the armchair movie critics completely shit on it. Not sure why. So tell me, what was your gripe with Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2021-2022? Whichever it was. I really don't think y'all like anything. They'll tell you Texas Chainsaw's remake was hot garbage and then turn around and talk about how much they loved Intruder from 89 where the guy's hacking up grocery store workers. Come on. I think sometimes they just go along to go along. Make it up as you go, I guess. But Elsie had a voice role in the Adams Family animated flick from a couple of years back. I remember seeing her on that. Um, she had a role in Castle Rock, too, which I never, ever saw Castle Rock. But Amaya Miller plays Gretchen. She was in uh, War for the Planet of the Apes, The Waterman. Uh, but this is the closest thing to a lead role I've seen her in. And also, very cool little notable thing. I learned that Brady Pierce had some kind of part in this. Now, I know he's a stunt guy, did a lot of stunt work, so he may be doing that. Um, I just didn't find him listed anywhere on IMDb. And if, if you know what we're about at Slasher Sports, we cover, you know, obviously here we've got our, our cinema situation, but we've also 
done sports. That's what this is. It's a horror sports setup. Okay. My partner, Christian Rouse over there covering college sports tonight as we speak. But we also cover a little bit of the National Wrestling Alliance, NWA. Brady Pierce is part of a tag team there and called the Spectaculars. Yeah. The thing about it, sports and horror, it, it's not, they're not, it's not a dichotomy that, oh man, the, you're either a sports guy or you're a nerd. No, sports guys can be nerds. Nerds can be athletes. And pro wrestling kind of, that's kind of where we meet. Is it not? You find the, the nerds and the athletes and you meet in the middle and you got pro wrestling fans. Some of them anyway. Brady Pierce, though, he's a, a hell of an athlete. Uh, talented actor. I think he's going to do well. I want to see what he, what role he has in this though. Kind of threw me off. I didn't know that he was in this and I saw him tweet about it and I had to figure it out, but his name is not on IMDb. So I don't know, but for eighties kids, this, uh, this film should be a fun ride. I say that because I'm an eighties kid and I agree. Uh, so sometimes you need some lighthearted horror. Not everything has to be dark and evil. I like a good comedy horror, horror comedy, like a Tucker and Dale versus evil or evil dead part two onward. So that's basically what it turned into. I'll be seeing it. And I hope you do too. This is on, uh, it's actually going to be on prime video starting on September 30th. So tell me which, uh, which of these films you're going to be watching. What are you most excited about? Uh, be sure to like, Subscribe, share this episode on your social feeds. Uh, go into the weekend looking for a fight or a good scary movie. And of course, find us on slashersports.com on Twitter and TikTok at slashersports and on Instagram at slashersportsmedia. We've got everything in sports and entertainment from college football to horror flicks. Now go forth and may you drink the blood of your enemies from the skulls of their children. They will say that I have shed innocent blood. What's blood for, if not for shedding? I'm my number one fan. We all go a little mad sometimes. God, it's no fun to you. I'm coming to get you, Barbara. Slasher Sports Show with Billy Graves.